Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 206 of the Mom Hour. I'm Sarah Powers, here as always with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey, Sarah. So today is April 30th. It is the Are last, you ready? It is the last day of <laughs> April, which means tomorrow is May. And today we are talking about the insanity that is the end of school. Like, yeah, I just feel like there are parents everywhere on this last day of April getting ready to turn their calendar like literally or figuratively tomorrow and just having a thousand tiny panic attacks. It's and just crazy. you get out of school sooner than we do. Right? We do. We're May 31st this year, which is very early. But even for those of you who are June 7th or June 14th, I do feel like May is the month where all the, the rubber hits the road. Happen. It's like the concerts, the parties, yep. the so what's funny is I know there's those of you out there listening who have really little kids who are in school yet. And this is kind of one of those like sit back and enjoy hearing about what your future holds. And hopefully, <laughs> I, I know years ago we did an episode this time of year where we just kind of complained. I'm hoping today we'll be a little bit more, offer a few more tips with our experience of dealing with end of end of school year and also, you know, everything else that seems to happen this time of yeah. year. So that's kind of the plan. We'll talk about what what's up for our families this May and kind of how we cope and handle all of the calendar chaos that it creates. So that's the plan looking forward to it. Or am I looking forward to it? Yes, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, May is coming, whether you are <laughs> whether ready you or like not. it or not. Yes, <laughs> Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of Factor Meals we tried. And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor Meals just need to be heated for about two minutes and they're ready to go. 
Yeah. And for any listeners with wellness goals this month, Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle, whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour50 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's from our O-U-R place.com code mom hour. Okay. So we're just going to start really simply, Megan, and just talk about this month of May. I'm like singing the song from Camelot in my head. It's May. Um, <laughs> it's May. So why don't we, I can go first. Um, yeah. But like, let's just talk about the, the, what's happening in May for our kids and our families. And I think this will serve to illustrate how, neither you or I are like a super overly scheduled family or anything, but it just is that month where all the things happen. So for my kids, um, my older two kids each have a Taekwondo belt exam, which is like the equivalent of like a performance. Like you go and you watch and, um, usually it's, they do them on the same day, but Allegra's testing for her black belt. So we actually have two different days in May where there's a belt exam. I have two different class plays. Um, Uh, there is our school open house, which is where the kids show their semester long projects. So that's like an evening at school. There's a field day, multiple field trips. Uh, I have two kids with this time of year birthdays. One's the very end of April. One's the beginning of June. But at some point in there, I have to be like, okay, what do you want to do for your birthday? And like, get something on the calendar. Um, we are recording this a little bit ahead of time in the middle of April, but even at the, by the end of April, we will have already had a piano recital, two school band concerts, um, like an orientation meeting about middle school that I'm not even going to be there for, but Brian will take her to. And my kids are not even, we're not even in a lot of activities. We literally only have two extracurriculars right now in our entire family, but all, all of they're all happening. They're all happening in the last week of April and the month of May. So yeah. that's, that's where we are. And then I, I should mention Mother's Day and Memorial Day weekends are both in May. The weather gets nice. We've been talking on the podcast a lot about spring and getting outside lately. So that, you know, that's always part of it is like, there's just this desire to kind of be outside. And then guess what? Yeah. Life 
life and work also keep happening. That's like the problem. I almost feel like with the holidays, there's a little bit of this feeling of like slowing down or like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And the weather also kind of keeps you inside. Whereas here it's like life and work do not slow down. And the weather does not like encourage you to hunker down. It's just, there's just all this stuff added. So what does your May look like? So for me, this time of year is always intense with travel. I've always got, I feel like this is always when there's a a slate of conferences Mm -hmm. or a spate, sorry, a spate of conferences. Actually, it's both, both a slate and a spate. A slate Um, spate. And this year I even added one. So this year we just got back from what at the end of March, we've got a conference in late April and then I'll be going to another one in New York City in early May. So that's just kind of boom, boom, boom. And you know how you never really get back. No, it takes some time to get back your suitcase. Like my, my travel cosmetics bag, my travel toiletries bags is like lives on my bathroom counter this time of year. Like I never unpack it. It's just, yeah, yeah. mine too. So I'm also directing a a kids production of Newsies this um, summer, but because I'm trying to keep my summer schedule pretty light, I sort of front loaded the rehearsal schedule so that I will be doing the majority of the rehearsals in May and then um, like till the end of the school year. And then the choreographer and the music director are going to kind of take the heavy lifting after that. I did that to myself on purpose because I didn't want June to feel rushed and I wanted to be able to, you know, take a a week off or whatever if I wanted to. But that does mean it's going to be crazy. Um, Williams and driver's ed, which means right now he's got like class, I guess, every night for two hours. And then that will go through into May and then he'll have practice driving sessions. Okay. Um, Owen's running track, but at the middle school level, that's really not very intense. But so for me, it's not that May always has planned stuff. It's the extra stuff, like the stuff you don't know is going to happen. So like there's a field, like a Washington DC field trip. It's a year, it's more than a year away, but there's a meeting for it tonight. Which kid, which this will be for Owen. Okay. So so William already went. Yeah. I don't necessarily feel like I need, even need to go to the meeting because I just, William just did this trip last year. It's pretty fresh in my mind. I know how to sign up. It's really, they want to get it in your, on your radar because you pay for it. Yeah. Like, and a lot of people pay for it, um, for a whole year. Like, I think I went on a payment plan that was like 12 installments or something. So they want to get you now. Yeah. Um, but like, I I didn't see that on any master calendar anywhere. It wasn't like that was not on my radar. And especially now that my kids are getting older, they don't always tell me about this stuff. Like, Notes don't end up in my hand. Yeah. I've got, if I was going to communicate with every single teacher, it's like 15 teachers. Yeah. yeah. So, or more. So it's a lot. Um, this is also the time of month or the month where if your kids like lost anything during the school year, if, like you didn't turn the library book in or you have fines or your school lunch accounts overdrawn, they come knocking. Well, this time of when year. you put this in the outline, I laugh so hard and we laugh so hard because yeah. my role as a volunteer at our school, really the only volunteering I do at our school is in the library. And so I am the mom. You're that, you're <laughs> that mom. emails everybody about the lost library books. I try and do it throughout the year. If they're more than like a month or two overdue, I try and do it throughout the year so that it's not like, oh, by the way, your kid hasn't turned in their library book since October. Right. Um, but yeah, I am. I am the one who will be emailing you. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's one more and thing. I, I am the mom who might not respond right away because I have like, I panic because I have no idea where that book is. And, and people feel yeah. so bad. People feel like it's like, I, I have no judgment about lost library books, like yeah. zero, but people feel like it does they've feel like done something wrong. Right. And I'm like, oh no, like you just have to pay me $10 or, right. or buy a replacement book. Like I have no, it's not like a character judgment or a moral judgment right. at all. You I just, just have to, I have to end it. the yeah. year without stuff right. being owed to the school. <laughs> yep. Yep. So I think, I think more than any, 
I think more than any one of these categories, like travel or me doing the show or Will's driver's ed or meetings, it's almost this feeling like everyone's just done. Like everyone's mm-hmm. wrapping up and no one's in the mood for it, including kids who are spacier than ever. Yep. The, I feel like this time of year, they are checked out yep. and teachers are done. And teachers so like everyone is just like crawling to the finish line. Well, I think it's that. And then it's also all of the million little, um, like we know that graduations, obviously graduation, prom, the big stuff, the big school play, those are going to be on the calendar and be accounted for. I think it's all the little, like it's the last dance class of the semester. So we're going to all wear red and like do this little, it's death by a thousand cuts. And, and no one of those things. And in the, in the second half of today's show, we're going to get more into school and classroom stuff. So we're just talking like in general in life in May, it's those, it's those sort of casual things that you only get, like you said, the meeting at school, you only maybe get a week's notice instead of a couple months. But this time of year that sometimes could leave you with a week where there's like something every single night. Yeah. Um, And then you add the travel in. I think, yeah, for me, it's, it's just, an added calendar. It just feels like things are more crowded on the calendar. And, and it's almost hard to feel like, where is this all coming from? But it's, it's death by a thousand cuts is a perfect way to put it. Cause it, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, okay. So I was just going to ask, like, if you look back over the years at this like busy month of May, how do you feel like your kids and your family respond to kind of this busier pace? Do your kids roll with the punches pretty well? Do you, as a divorced family, do you and John have to kind of touch base about the calendar more yeah. like, and, and your own personal stress re- response too? like, how does all this affect your family? And, and I'm not saying it has to be a bad effect, but just yeah. how does it play out? How does it manifest? Well, I would say that peak, peak stress for me for around this time of year was definitely when I had multiple elementary school kids and like babies or, or toddlers, you know yeah. what I mean? Because I, I, I know that moms who have kids who are in school and kids who aren't in school will understand this feeling of living in two, having your feet in two different worlds. Totally. The world of independent or increasingly independent kids who are kind of learning to manage things for themselves and have to do that. And then these other, this other kid or kids who are around you all the time and yeah. need you all the time for everything. And you have to manage everything. And sometimes it can be hard to live in both of those places, yeah. right? Mentally, it's yeah. a shift. Um just strategically the way you stay on top of things with a kid who's right in front of you all the time is way different Mm -hmm. than a kid who goes off and is in a classroom all Mm -hmm. day. So, um, that was probably peak for me. I would say now things have settled a lot. The kids, first of all, roll the punches and also are, can manage a lot of their own stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, one plus is that the weather's really nice. And so the kids are able and willing to do more of their own schlepping. Like they can bike themselves places or walk places. And we live like I've very purposely, partly because I am divorced and I knew that I would need this, really have set up my life in a way that I am close to everything I need to be close to. Mm -hmm. And I'm closest to the things that Clara needs the most. The elementary school and her friends live Mm -hmm. by far the closest to us from anybody else. So, you know, like when we get home or when like the kids get home from school, there's a lot. It's a lot more often now that Clara will say, hey, can I go play with Sam for an hour? He lives Mm -hmm. two blocks away. I can text Missy Mm -hmm. that can be arranged in five minutes. And then I just have a little downtime in the evening where I can just get stuff done and like, look at the calendar. And then the weather puts everyone in a good mood and Michigan, we see a light at the end of the tunnel. Like we know it's going to get nicer and nicer and nicer. So even though there's so much going on, like I'm feeling increasingly more equipped to handle it. Mm -hmm. So that's the positive side, right? Like Mm -hmm. the sun is putting me in a good mood. It's making the day feel longer. Like I feel like I have more time 
to handle all this stuff and the yeah. kids getting older is helping too. Yeah. Um, on the more challenging side, yeah, John and I have to touch base all the time. Uh, typically as things like, oh shoot, this meeting came up, it's on your night. Does that mean you're the one who's going right. to go to it? Is <laughs> it on your radar? You know what I mean? Or did you have other plans? Yeah. Maybe sometimes it's easier for the parent who doesn't have the kids to go. Right. But when, you know, if it's, a, so John takes the kids Wednesday evenings through the weekend or into the weekend. Yeah. So if a meeting comes up on a Wednesday, I might mentally just not even think about yeah. it because I'm not parenting on Wednesday right. nights. But if he's taking the kids home to make dinner, it might make more sense for me to be the one to go to right. that meeting. And so those conversations just have to happen all the time. Um, and then the whole, like, the school is saying we have to turn an X. I can't find it. Mm -hmm. Do you know where it is? <laughs> so it's kind of like the, the constant, I can't find the lunchbox. I can't yeah. find the hoodie. I can't find the school folder. But now it's like it matters because it has to get turned in. Yes. So there's a lot of that going on this time of year. Um, so that was a lot. What no, about you? Yeah. So I want to go back to something you said about when you have little kids and then an elementary schooler. And this is fresh in my mind. So, right, listeners, you know that the this is the first year all three of my kids have been in the same school. I had an increasing preschool schedule over the last few years. So like last year, Violet went to three full days. And so I've, it's not my first taste of independence myself, but it's my first time with three elementary schoolers. And so there's so much that's simpler about that. The, the simple gifts have been the same drop off and pick up every day, everyone in the same place, you know, just one administration to deal with. But I do remember back in the day, like if I had a kindergartner and then two little kids at home or maybe a part-time preschooler, I feel like I was able to stay so much more on top of individual classroom events mm -hmm. and needs because I only had one. So I was like, and I yeah. was, I was new to it. So I was like, Okay. Now in no way was it easy because I, I had little kids at home and I was like full-time momming a lot of the time. So that part was hard, but staying on top of school logistics almost felt easy because it was so compartmentalized. It was like, well, this is my school kid. There's only one, you know, teacher gift to think about. There's yeah. only one school play. And, and now with three, the, the easy part of course, is I have my days to my, you know, I, they're all, they're all in school all the time. And so obviously like that is amazing. But when it comes to this time of year, when you're adding class parties, teacher gifts, um, you know, field day, the things to remember the library books to return, all of that is now times three, whereas before yeah. it was times one. So it's, there's just, it's just a trade-off, but I think it's this time of year and around the holidays, both of those, when I feel when I feel this side of it more than I feel the like, oh, how great is it that they all leave and they're all gone at the same right. place all day, every day. Um, and so that I just I just have to laugh because at one point I had the three who were in elementary school and two. Oh, my at home. gosh. So that was for me peak. Yeah, you know what that I mean? would be, like, oh my gosh, trying to have that many teachers and things to deal with. Plus having the two, that was when I was like, never, I give up. No, that I cannot <laughs> imagine. And I did give up. That's yeah. what makes it easy. Just give up. Yeah. Just give up and <laughs> like have up. so much compassion for the other. I have so much compassion for other school moms that are in different stages. Like it's all hard. Everybody's hard is hard. But when I see the ones with like a one-year-old on their hip and then they're trying to also yeah. like come to the the band concert or whatever. Oh gosh, so yes. I know I have it really, really good. Um, but I think that's kind of what I have observed about my own ability to manage details. And I'm a, I'm a good details person, but it's the times three that feels a lot this time of year. And I, and that will change again. Cause like you said, the middle schoolers have a little bit less in the need in, in the way of like classroom needs and they stay on top of yeah. their, their stuff a little bit more. So it'll ebb and flow again for me where you know, eventually I'll have like a, a high school or a middle school or an elementary school. And that will be a totally different 
face. But right now, three in elementary school, three times all of the things is kind of how. And in terms of like how, I mean, my kids pretty much roll with the punches. It's interesting. They are much more into the calendar than they would have ever been before. They'll come home and say, they'll tell me like, we have a band concert on April 23rd, or we need to have our such and such brought back to school by Monday. And so that is, that is great. But ultimately we know it still kind of falls on mom to make it happen. Um, I will say I use like the whiteboard. We got a whiteboard for the kitchen this January. And so I don't write like everything we're doing all week on the whiteboard, but what I usually write down is anything that's outside the normal. So like a meeting in the evening or Brian being out of town or, you know, a house guest or something, anything that's outside of our normal routine goes on there. And, you know, two of the three can read well and the other's an emerging reader. So that, that kind of helps. I, I think it's more my stress level that I notice. I think the kids do roll with the punches. And like you said, the weather's good and they get excited for the end of the year. So I think that's something for me to keep in mind too, that it's mostly all fun. It's just a lot of fun in a short amount of time. So, yeah. Um, all right. Well, before we take our break, do you have any like specific tips or any like, remember back in December when we gave ourselves a pep talk for the holidays? Yes. That's kind of, that was like so helpful. So any tips either that you want to give yourself or that you've learned from the past about managing this time of year? Um, yeah. You want me to go first? Yeah. Okay. Well, like this time of year, I just, here's the thing. When you've got multiple kids in school, especially every teacher is going to have a different way of communicating with you. And you can't control that. Right. Like the only thing you can control is the way you take that information and like distill it into your own system. Yeah. Some are going to send you a physical letter. Some are going to put it on a calendar, which might exist in some like remote area of your school's website that you can't even find (laughs) half the time. Some are just going to like tell the kids stuff. Like I've had stuff that didn't even end up in any official documentation. And like, like all I can do about that is check the calendar all the time. Yeah to do whatever degree I feel I need to yeah, and let whatever go that I, you know, can't stay on top of and give myself grace around that. Um, can I ask a question so, go ahead. functionally yeah. about your elementary school? I know you're phasing out of elementary school, but you've been in it a long time. Do our sign up, like are our signups for things in the classroom, pretty common through elementary school, like, like, you know, whatever they're doing an art project or they're having a, something is that like frequently throughout the year that you would get an electronic sign up I mean most okay so a lot of that stuff it depends who's initiating it so a lot of the teachers will ask for all that stuff at the very beginning of the year on back to school night Mm -hmm. and that's kind of the purpose of back to school night you sign up but I don't know what my June schedule is going to look like in September necessarily Um, so sometimes you'll get an email about that stuff from a teacher saying, we need people for this or that party. We need people for this or that, you know, chaperone this or that field trip. Because I live in a school that has such, um, high levels of participation in things Mm -hmm. like field trips, there's hardly ever a need for chaperones. It's more like if you want to come on this thing, there's X seats open, you know, get in it now. Oh, like things that they need. Yeah. It totally depends on the teacher. There is no, I have not found yet a system around it. I think a lot of teachers don't want to keep asking. So they, they don't a lot at the the beginning of the year, different teachers have like different fun ways. Like some of them have like a tree and then you can take something off the tree and take it home. And it's got like the thing that they need. And then that's like a little sticky note that it reminds you that they need that thing or whatever. So they also collect a lot of stuff at the very beginning of the year. So like when we have our ice cream social night, that's when you're supposed to drop off like 
classroom donations like Mm -hmm. hand sanitizer, but I know they need more throughout the year. So I think it's one of those things where if you're really like in the know because you volunteer in the classroom a lot or because you're just around a lot, you know about that stuff. But if you aren't, um, and I've been varying levels of that, like if you're not, then you really sometimes feel kind of removed from that. So there's there's that. And then there's the the notes that you get from the PTO, which are I still find mysterious, like. I'll hear from PTO and then I won't hear from PTO or there's also now a class. Clara's class has a class, uh, like a classroom mom. Mm-hmm. And she emails us a lot asking, you know, so it's so-and-so's birthday and she likes blue. We would love for all the kids to bring something blue, whatever. So I know that's not the same as what you're asking. No, but that like, is kind of what I'm asking. Some like, do yeah, that and yeah. some don't. So yeah. it's, it's almost like, again, it's totally different. And so you can't count on, finding out any particular way okay well we're gonna talk i totally cut you off of your tips so uh, we'll get back to the tips and then i have have more thoughts on this on the school stuff uh for later on but did i let you finish your yeah and the other thing i was just gonna say like just the way that i check the calendar a lot is i also check my like and i'm in vigilant bank account mode because this year has a lot of expense surprises Mm -hmm. and the funny thing is i can't really tell you what they are I guess that's why there's surprises, right? I just feel like every May I end up shelling out a mm-hmm. lot more money than I think I'm gonna. And it's always for stuff I did not see coming. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So it's I don't, chipping, I don't know what. Yeah. It's <laughs> chipping in toward a gift for somebody yeah. or I don't know, a product like school projects and yep, yeah. yep. replacing yeah. things, uh, special things they have to wear for like yes. concerts and recitals. Yes. Like it's just always this random stuff that I don't see coming until it comes. And so, yeah, yeah that's this a year good, I'm trying to stay on top of it. That's a good one. Um, okay. Well, I, I have a couple tips, I guess. And one is obviously to look at the calendar just constantly, but I, whatever my norm is for looking at the calendar, I extend how far out I'm looking. So usually I'm really looking at the week ahead this time of year. I'm looking two weeks ahead. And the biggest thing for me is, um, babysitters and childcare. If I have any needs or, or Brian's schedule and how that, um, how that translates to childcare. He's not childcare. Yeah. He's their father. But if he's out of town or working late, then I need a sitter. And there's nothing that stresses me out more than scrambling for a sitter because everything hinges on that. And if it's, if, if I can't find one, then I have to make a different arrangement. So I, I'm always looking at the calendar probably two weeks ahead and especially not waiting till the last minute to book childcare. Um, another one I thought of was it really helps me to, to batch my errands. If I, like if target is on the list because we've got, you know, this birthday party and this classroom thing going on and this other event that we're going to as much as I can, um, think ahead and kind of do a whole bunch at once. Even if I'm buying a birthday gift for a a party, that's three weeks from now, which I wouldn't normally do, but if I can batch it all together and really put like a two hour block on my calendar to just take care of all those things. It's just always such a gift to what do you call it? Future, future Sarah is always very happy. Future Sarah. (laughs) I was very happy about that. Um, yeah. What else? Do you have anything else? Yeah. I mean, I guess this is more like a giving yourself permission kind of a thing, but I, I, you don't have to do all of the things. I know we say this all the time, Yeah. but like, just because your school decides that there's going to be like a spirit week where everyone has Mm -hmm. to wear crazy socks or whatever, like, it's especially as kids get older, I'm a pretty, I'm pretty hard nosed about this. I can't care for them more than I care. Yes. And I can't care on behalf of whoever came up with this cockamamie idea. Like I, I cannot feel obligated to whoever thought it would be a good idea to do these things because what my job is, is to get my kid off to school every day. And if my kid doesn't care and I don't care, then like, 
Really, it doesn't matter. Your Agreed. kid cannot go to school in pajama day and pajamas on pajama day, and they will be okay. They will totally. And then be next okay. time, if they really felt bad about missing it the first time, they'll remember yep. the next time, and they will make a point of just not changing out of their pajamas. It's not that yeah. hard. Um, <laughs> I just have to quickly rant about this. Recently, Clara came home with like a print, like a you know little printable thingy, a flyer, and it was like, "Here's all the things we're doing next week for Kindness Week." And it was all stuff like crazy socks. And I, I was like, what is, yeah. what do crazy socks have to do with kindness? And that's not kind to me. Yeah. Now no, I got to find unkind. crazy socks. It's it unkind. Is unkind. This is unkind. To moms. <laughs> it just felt so random. Like, like, and I don't want to get ranty, but like, why are we trying to tie like crazy sock day to kindness? This yeah. feels like a real stretch. So yeah. just give yourself permission to opt out when it, when you can. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Oh, yeah, I get real riled up about those. Um, I know you do. Well, and 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 just on a final note before we take our break, I think my tip to myself is just reminding myself that like none of this is life or death. Like I think sometimes the quantity of tasks and calendar items then gets confused in my brain with the importance of them. Yes, yes, exactly. Confusing how much there is to do with how important each individual thing is. And I have a tendency to ramp up my intensity when the calendar gets more intense, when really it should be the opposite. Like I should be training myself to be like, oh yeah, May is a total, is totally bananas. Therefore I'm going to care less about everything. Like that's my goal this month is care less about everything because there's so much of it. So there's only so much caring about doing things well to go around that you literally (laughs) can't. So that's just kind of a general pep talk. Yeah. And I think for better or for worse, I have almost an automatic shutoff in my brain when (laughs) When details become too overwhelming or too, like, I almost have like a reset button where I just stop seeing any of it. Yeah. And, and sometimes that's terrible because it means things that really <laughs> need to get done don't get done. And sometimes it's great because things that don't, don't need to get done. Yeah. Don't get you're, done. It's more freeing. Whereas my mind yeah. wants to keep track of all of those details, even right. the ones that really are not important. So I have to consciously yep. be like, wait, this is not important. Yes. And, and at some point my brain will trip the breaker. And, <laughs> but you know, and also from experience, I have learned summer's going to get here one way or the other. Yes. And when summer gets here, we can all breathe and everyone's going to be happy on that first day, no matter what, yeah. like no matter how bloody you are coming yeah. across the fish finish line, <laughs> you're going to get there. It's so true. And then by the middle of August, we'll be begging Yep, for structure again, things to do. We will want to sharpen all the pencils and read all of the emails. And it's so funny. Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile. They just tick all the boxes. They're cute, comfy, high quality. They last forever. And I love growing my Vionic collection, especially with the latest styles from their Vionic Vitals collection. The Vionic Vitals collection offers daily wear styles designed for elegance, comfort, and versatility. We both love the Uptown Loafer, which collapses flat, so it's perfect for travel. The Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, which I know you love, Sarah. The Walk 23 Classic Sneaker, which our team member Katie gets compliments on all the time. And the Willa Slip-On Flat, one of my favorites, which comes in 12 colors for any outfit. Yeah, I need to uh, get the Willa Slip-On Flat. That's next on my list. Well, listeners, if you're ready to try the shoes we're always raving about, use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. 
Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves. So they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's Chewable Kids Vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. All right. So we have danced around um, the role. The rant. The, the rant. We've danced around the role that school and specifically elementary school commitments play yeah. in the craziness of May. And they're, they're like, they're intertwined, but I think there's also, there's other things that play into May sports and, you know, but school is a big part of it. So yeah. I guess I want to break this down a little bit more. Um, and first I'm just going to mention some things that happen in May so we can all, and, and for those of you at home who aren't in this land yet, we'll bring you up to speed. Um, Megan, do your kids do statewide testing in May? Like standardized um, tests? I don't think it happens in May here. Okay. No. So California. I think it's April or March. It, it, like it just happened. Okay. Yeah. I remember you even talking yeah. about that. Um, so here it's in early May and I don't know about other states. Um, so there is statewide standardized testing, which if you spend time on an elementary school campus, it just kind of everything is a little bit different and out of whack. The kids are on a different schedule. The teachers are under a lot of pressure. Schools are under a lot of pressure for better, for worse, worse. Um, but it just, it throws everything into a different feel. And so that is there. There's also teacher appreciation week nationally is May 6th through 10th. Um, if your school observes that they may do things like have a potluck for teachers yep. that volunteers send things in or decorate the classroom doors or bring in a different gift for the teachers each day. Now I will say our school did this the first, the traditional, uh, May week last year. And this year they switched it. It was in March. It was right before spring break. I support that plan. If we must do something different to show teacher appreciation, like wear their favorite color and draw them a flower. And I have my own thoughts about, like you said, uh -huh. with kindness, whether that is actually what teachers need. But if we must, I would much rather do it in March than in May. But I'm just, I'm putting it out there because I know a lot of schools, the National Teacher Appreciation Week is May 6th through 10th. So that may be something that you are dealing with. And um, as we discuss a lot on this show, we appreciate teachers beyond a beyond. We love, yes. love teachers. Um, we and I want to show them not just by sending in a picture of a flower that my kid drew in a color on the like. right day, let on alone, right like, day. because it must be the right day. And then you have <laughs> yes. to wear their favorite color the next day and then bring a gift card the next day. And then we had, yep. we had five different things. So anyway, so there's that. There's also things like field trips, a lot of field trips. Um, I know 
do, do your fifth graders or sixth graders do any like overnight camp, like any like big year end field no, trip? No, you know you? what's funny about that? I always that was always a thing for me when I was in school. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not here. Okay, not, there's no fifth grade camp. Okay, we we have anything. one, but it did already happen, thankfully. Um, okay. but you guys may have field trips, field days, and end of class, end of year class parties. When I yep. was a kid, end of year class parties were really fun. Like. Like, yeah, they were like sometimes at someone's house or sometimes I would just remember beach. ours. Ta- I remember ours like taking the whole day. Yeah. Like, I remember having a day where we decorated the class to look like vacation. Yeah. And then oh, we all awesome. had like little stations and we got to like, Aww. like we built like these little tenty things. It was really fun. We had to like lay and read all day. It was awesome. Yeah. Yes. I love that. I, I feel like end of year class parties have turned into like popsicles after lunch at our well, school. Well, they don't have time now, yeah, unfortunately. Exactly. Like, I don't think they have the luxury yeah. of taking a whole day away. Yeah. Yeah. I'm staying on task. I agree. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I, I guess I'm, I'm explaining all this in case you're not familiar, all of the above that I just mentioned, plus everything we talked about in the first half of the show, it just, it's the death by a thousand cuts. Like you said, it requires an email, maybe a sign up, maybe a remembering something or a bringing of something in, maybe sending money in. It definitely relies on parent volunteers to help organize, which means some mom, just like I'm the mom collecting the library book money, there's some mom who's in charge of field day and some mom who's in. So these are, there's like a lot of logistic and work that goes into all of this. And I think what I want to talk about is we are so tired and tapped out. The teachers are so tired and tapped out at the same time. We want this to be fun for our kids and nobody wants to like, I don't want to be the mom who's like, I'm not doing any of this because I'm grumpy and it's the end of the year because that's not fair to anybody else. Like we're all in the same boat. Do you have any high level thoughts for us? Yeah. Well, I mean, besides what we just talked about, which as far as like, you know, trying to relax and like not, not feel like any one of these things is going to be the end of the world. Um, I always come back to active management and whenever I'm, tr- whenever things are different than they usually are, mm-hmm. or I'm really trying to make something happen, like get through the rest of the year, I just kind of have to accept that it's going to take more of my attention than it would the rest of yeah. the time. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So like my, the way I approach it has to change. I can't expect a busy month to fit the way I usually do things. Cause it just doesn't fit. So right. One thing I sometimes do is like, I will make, I will find almost ways to incorporate, like staying on top of things into my most relaxed, like into Mm, a time of day I enjoy. So if you're checking folders and email and getting all these notices and you're doing it during your grumpiest time of the day, which I know for you is like what, eight o'clock. Yeah. 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 And for me is probably when I feel the most harried is probably right before the kids go out the door in the morning. Cause Mm -hmm. I'm not a super great morning person. Um, of course, it's going to be even you're going to be even grumpier or if it's kind of all trickling in and it's just like feels like one. It just never ends. Yeah. So like if you can set aside time, shut your bedroom door. That's what I would do. Go mm-hmm. in, pour a cup of tea, go in my room, shut the door and look through everything yeah. all at once and try to mentally absorb what's happening. Not while there's a kid tugging on my sleeve, asking me for a snack or yeah. telling me some random story about because sometimes you'll think that you can multitask that stuff. Yeah. But when you're trying to listen with one ear to your kid telling you like something you really don't care about, yeah. and it's like that, it sounds like what yeah. it's like the adult version of wah, wah, yeah. Wah, yeah. Wah, and you're also trying to deal with the fact that you have to remember five special things next week, you yeah. lose your, yeah. your cool, yeah. you know? So that's, I guess one, um, no. go ahead. I know. I love that. I was also thinking I have started to kind of do that naturally. Most of our things come through one single, um, app or it's not, it's not just an app. It's our, it's the online thing as well. It's called parent square. 
Um, so you can set it to send you emails with every new notification, but I have it come as a digest at the end of the day, which is kind of nice. Um, but it, it does, I eventually I need to set aside time to go in there and go through all of the different posts from the different teachers. Some of it's action, like action required and some of it isn't. Um, but I like what you're saying about like just surrendering to the fact that you may need 30 or 40 minutes a day for a while yeah. to just process everything. Um, and then to, to do the next thing with that information. So for us going back to the signups, we just get a lot of signups for, it's not that they're asking for our volunteer time necessarily. It could be like send in empty paper towel rolls. Cause we're making yeah. robots. It's those little things. And it's stuff that everybody's happy to do. But if you feel like you're falling behind, it's, it's almost like they all get lumped together and you lose what's important. What does everybody have to do? Like pay for the eighth grade field trip next year or whatever, versus what is just, if you have paper towels laying around, like send in your role. So I think what you're saying about building in that time to just sort yeah. through it all and then take the next action, whether that is like, and an action could be like, you know what, I'm sitting out field day this year. Like I'm not, yeah. I'm not going to sign up to volunteer. And so the action could be to like completely move it off your plate entirely, or an action could be, you're going to decide to do something. I think I was going to say for the signups, and the volunteering, um, we get asked for a lot of food. Violet, I mean, Violet's only in kindergarten. So they do a lot of like craft and art and cooking. And I love that they do, but it does make for a lot of like, it's not something they could have asked for all at the beginning of the year. It's like a rolling thing. And so yeah. I try to, when I am able to sign up to bring something, I try to sign up for a whole bunch at once. So like if they're making Play-Doh and they, they'll, they'll divide it up into like, you know, someone needs to get the cream of tartar. Someone needs to get the flour. Someone needs to get the yeah. salt. I would rather be the hero for that it one just does it all. And, do, and do it all yes. and then Agreed. give myself a mental pass and not feel like I have to sign up every time. So I really yeah. have tried to self-talk my way into like, my name does not need to be on the sign up every time there's a sign up. Like the teacher right. knows I'm supportive. Um, I I've shown that in various ways throughout the year. I continue to show that by sending a kid who's you know, happy and rested and ready to learn. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean I have to always send something when there's a sign up, but that's hard. That is like a, that's a guilt or like a, if you're an obliger or like someone who someone asks yes. for help and you feel like you need to help, that can be hard to say no to. I'm actually pretty good at saying no to that, but it affects me even over time. I'm like, gosh, I haven't signed up for anything in a while. So I guess that's my tip is do it in ways in when you know, you've got the time or the budget, do a whole bunch yeah. at once and then write yourself a free pass for not doing it for a while. If you well, this, it, this occurs to me, like we just did an episode not too long ago about our personality types. And yeah. this is a perfect example <laughs> of where those can start to play in. Right. So let's look, for example, at the four tendencies. Um, you're an upholder. Uh -huh. And sometimes you might find yourself upholding things <laughs> like who does. Who yeah. decided this was a rule? Yeah. Like you almost have to talk like you're one, yeah. like your Enneagram oneness wanting to do the right thing and yeah. follow the rule. And then your upholder tendencies, like what is it you're upholding? Who yeah. decided this is the way it is just because it's on a piece of paper or yeah. it came home in an email doesn't mean it's, it's not law, yeah. right? Yeah. It's something that you should be doing because you want to, because yeah. you have the time, because you have the mental capacity. Whereas for me, sometimes as a rebel, so we both get annoyed with expectations, but for totally different yes. reasons. Like you get stressed because you, you, you can't like stay on top of them all and you yeah. take them all to heart. Yeah. I get irritated because I don't know why they exist in the first place. Yeah. And I don't want to do what other people tell yeah. me to do because <laughs> I'm a rebel. So, yeah. you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's like two totally opposite sides of the same coin. Yes. Um, for myself, I sometimes find that if like, just like what you were saying, if you can kind of get on, like be the hero this one time, yeah. 
and then you feel like the rules doesn't apply to you anymore. So then you can kind of write yourself a pass. For me, it would almost be like one thing I have found that I, that always makes me feel great is if I come up with something on my own, like a need that I I can create and solve before anybody asks me to. I like it. I'm deciding like then I'm the one who's proactively deciding what's needed and uh-huh. I'm, I'm meeting that need. And just because no one thought to ask for it doesn't mean it's not a real. So I'm like yeah. kind of sticking it to the people <laughs> as a it. rebel while it. still doing a good thing. And then I kind of feel good about the fact that I did something while still being able to kind of be a rebel about the stuff I don't want to do. Yeah. And sometimes I rebel against myself and I will sign up for something I don't want to do just to rebel against being a rebel. Yeah. And then I feel good about that too. It's really weird. Like psychology is a strange thing, it is. but it is. But you can use it to your advantage, right? You totally can. You totally can. <laughs> and that makes me think like we did an episode at the beginning of this school year called like how to be the parent that teachers and schools love. And if you yeah. missed it, it's a great episode. Probably you want to listen to it before the fall. I mean, we're, yeah. there's no hope of we're, we're all a lost cause at this time of year. But um, one thing we talked about was remembering that teachers are humans too. And it sounds so simple, but just as you're talking about our personality quirks and how we respond to pressures and deadlines, teachers aren't robots. They are, they all have their own men and women and mothers and fathers with their own. They are also experiencing may right now. Like they may want to phone it in every gosh darn day and they can't because it's their job and they love your children, but they're also figuring out how to respond to the pressures of May. They also can't wait for summer and they may have a lot more compassion for you than you think. Like, so when it feels like the asks are a lot this time of year, I guess it just helps to remember that like, maybe, maybe the expectations are also a little bit more flexible. Like, yes, yes, there's a lot to do, but hopefully everyone's a little more forgiving because we're all in the same boat. Well, and, and I guess to just put fine, a fine point on it and possibly sound, um, make it sound like I'm being a jerk a little bit is like, you know, of all of these requests, how many are actually even coming from the teacher? Like, does it like, I think we, we look at the, to me, the most important relationship with adults in my kid's life outside of my home is with their teachers. Mm -hmm. Right. So like in the school, uh, what the PTO moms think means a lot less to me, Mm -hmm. like what some random classroom mom thinks. And this is not a slight to anybody. It's just that the, the relationship I feel like I have to maintain that means the most to my kid is the relationship with her teacher. Yeah. So I can't make everybody happy. Right. And my, the teachers aren't the ones coming up with half the stuff anyway. Oh so gosh. like, why do I put them all in the same bucket? Yeah. Like, why do I mentally feel like an ask from someone I've never met who just happens to be chairing this committee, this committee is on the same footing as yeah. something a teacher genuinely needs. Like they're not the same, like right. they're not the same importance. Right. Um, there, it, it's like, it's like a buzzing mosquito. When you have a million buzzing mosquitoes, it's mm-hmm. hard to tell which mosquito is the one that's in your ear. It's like, <laughs> I, so you internalize them all the same, but they're not all the same. Right. So all those requests are not the same. I totally agree. I think that teachers probably expect a lot less of us than we think that mm-hmm. they do. And I would also say this, as far as your kids, like everyone's looking forward right now to summer, mm-hmm. um, where I am right now, like the weather and the promise of better weather is also making everybody optimistic, but yeah. just in general, we're all trying to get there. Our kids don't need us to make their lives good for them right now. Their lives are yeah. going to be great. Like in a yeah. month, they're going to be in summer break, like yeah. kid heaven. Right. Yes. So it's not going to ruin their lives if May isn't awesome. No, I totally agree. And <laughs> yeah. when you were talking about the the primary relationship being the one with the teacher, I was also thinking about like your primary 
role as a school mom is mostly centered around your individual kids experience. So like if it helps to dial it back and of course we want our schools to succeed as a whole and we want to contribute to the causes that help the whole school, obviously. But at the same time, if it gets overwhelming, I think you can dial it all the way back to your own kid. And we've talked about this with regard to school before that like your kid may not be interested in pajama day. Maybe they are, maybe they're not. They you know, you may already have done an amazing gift at the holidays for your teacher. You don't, yep. you maybe don't need to send anything on the you last day You don't have anything to prove. Like you don't have. And so when we dial it back and just look at how's my kid experiencing this end of first grade or second grade, if they're happy and having fun, if they're ready for summer, if they, now if they, if they get super excited about all the end of school year stuff and they want to wear the red spirit wear or whatever, great. But like, sometimes I think we take the top down information and assume it's a vital importance to our kid and our family exactly. when really it should be like an opt-in menu. Yeah. That's yep. right. And, and, it, and like we go back to again and again and again and again and again, if you just ask yourself why you're doing something yes. and it's not because you believe it's important for you and your child and because you're doing it because what well, the other moms will think, what yeah. the teacher will believe it, even what the teacher will think, unless yeah. it's benefiting the teacher in a real way, yeah. it's irrelevant. And it makes you make choices that don't necessarily support what you really think is important. And if you're and at the beginning, you can do that every now and then, but if yeah. you do it all the time. Well, that's what I was just going to say. If you're at the beginning of this journey, like this is a marathon. You are going to have kids in elementary school if you have multiple kids for many years. Yeah. So you don't need to knock it out of the park all the time the first year, right. or you'll probably in, have in fact, to. In fact, it's maybe a good idea to yeah. start small. Oh, totally. Grow. Totally, yeah. totally. Um, okay, so the last thing I thought we could touch on before we wrap is um, something that is unavoidable, and that is the amount of stuff that starts to come home at the end yeah. of the school year. Um, I will, I'll will. i just offer that our school has done a really good job, I think, of our preschool did this, and then the lower grades at our elementary school of creating some kind of portfolio where it all comes home at least in one, either like in a big folder or almost in like a book, like a laminated book. So there's less, and I'm talking mostly about the artwork, the artwork, or maybe like the, the really special pieces of writing. It's already in a portfolio. We have an open house at the end of May in the evening, you can walk around to the classrooms and then it comes home in a little bundle. So I will say that's been really nice. I know it's probably different. I don't know if your kids just bring home backpacks full of like, there is like the whole desk clean out. I can always yeah. tell when they do their desk clean out. I was like, oh my gosh, light it on fire. Like throw all of this yes. away. <laughs> um, well, that's what I do. Yeah. Throw okay. It, so throw it all your- away. So I will go. So I do cherry pick. I go through and pull out the stuff that I think. Okay. Here, these are two, two different processes. Okay. The stuff that starts to trickle in during May, I'm pretty good on staying on top of that. Like I, I'll look through and be like, oh, looks like your teacher decided this was the day all the pencils were going to come home. Right. Okay, I see. And then if, if the pencils are halfway good, they go in a box or they go in, in a pencil jar in the kid's room or whatever. I don't want to throw things away that are good, right? Right. And then there's the last day of school. I've told you about this before. <laughs> the last day of school where I just literally put their backpacks in the foyer and I don't touch them again until August. <laughs> Literally that don't. Makes me, that makes me squirm a little bit. It's funny. I do I look told, to make sure there's no food. Okay. It's funny because I've said that I leave dishes in the sink when I go on vacation and everyone squirms, but I, that makes me squirm. Like I want to wash the backpacks and empty out all the zipper pockets. I don't. And fold the, them because, and put them away. And here's how it happened. <laughs> the reason this happened was by accident. One year we were like going on vacation, like the day the kids got home or like the next morning or something. And I truly just didn't have time. So I looked to make sure there was no like lunch remnants yeah, or whatever yeah. in the backpacks. And then the backpacks all got hung up in the, at the time we had like a foyer 
um, for a front door we never used. Yeah. It was. And so they all got hung up in the foyer. And then we got, we went on this vacation. It was quite long. I think it was like a week. And then we got home and I just didn't think to look. And then in August, when it was like buying, you know, we were buying stuff. I thought, oh, I feel like I would usually have like supplies somewhere. Like where are all the supplies from last year? I couldn't find them. (laughs) And I went and got the backpacks out and they were still like, you know, last year's supplies. They were all still in there because I had never touched them. And what was so like life changing about that was that first of all, I didn't need to spend the day that the kids came home where I wanted to do something fun with them. I didn't have to worry about that then. And then at the, after three months went by, I had a much better idea about what I wanted and needed. Like what was important to hang on to? Oh, I used to do things like hang on to half finished um, workbooks. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's still half. What if the kids this summer want to like, want to practice their math or yeah. And they're going to use, come on now. That has literally never happened. So at the end of the summer, I didn't have that optimism anymore and I could just toss those things. And then the things that, that were important, like pencils that had never even been sharpened or untouched notebook paper. Well, it went right in the stack. Yeah for me to then mark that off my list of school supplies I would need for that year. Well, the so other I felt thing, like it took care of a couple of things. Yeah. The other thing that it's pretty genius about is something I'm guilty of. And that is like purgatory and like purgatory is yep. like my counter where it's like, I've taken it out of the backpacks. I've sort of inventoried it. And then I'm not sure when or where the final resting place will be. And that right. is no good. I mean, anybody who struggles with home organization, like that's rule number one is like, we've got to do the thing you're going to do with it. Yes. Um, and we've talked about this on a couple of episodes, but I I'll link up my favorite. We have these big accordion things, accordion yeah. file folders that work well for little kid art projects. And I just don't save very much. Um, so when the work comes home throughout the year, I save very little. And in theory, like the first week of June, it would go into that, into yeah. that folder. And then I'd kind of wash the backpacks in, but I like your system because you're right. You have, you're, you're going to do that, that nesting before they go back to school anyway. It has so, to happen yeah. at some point. Yeah. I like it. Um, I will say the art. One thing that our my kids elementary school does is they send these, the art portfolios home in these big poster board. Yes. Like, yes. Things that's all kind taped. of what, yes. And I have before left those sitting out. Um, they're too big to have in inside anything. Mm-hmm. So I'll have those like sitting out for a little while until I, until I have a chance to like go through it, decide, am I going to keep this? Am I going to hang this on the wall? Is this like more temporary? I'm going to hang it on the fridge or is this trash? I'm throwing yeah. It away. Yeah. And I'm pretty particular about what I keep too. So, well, and I almost like the idea of waiting, whether it's a week or two or a few days into summer, like waiting till, like you said, the fun, like you've made the successful transition into summer. And then yeah. I like your idea of like pouring a glass of wine or a cup of tea yeah. and saying now I'm going to tackle this and I'm going to do it once and do it well, rather than just like the onslaught because. Right. There is no emergency. This is not an emergency. The last day of school is not an emergency. It is. It's it's the opposite. And you're usually so happy just to get there. You don't want to get all organized. Um, Well, guys, if you are staring at a busy May, we would love to hear about it. Um, Just email us. Hello at the momhour.com or find us on social and tell us what you've got going on um, or what you thought about this episode. And also we haven't done a cue it up in a while. That's where we pick an episode from the archives and recommend if you missed it the first time you can go back and listen. So I thought a good one to recommend was actually that episode December intentions for busy moms, because it was basically the the counterpart to this episode about the holidays, which is different. It's a different animal, but a lot of the same themes. And we actually set intentions and we like, 
you know, went into the holidays with this yeah. very zen. I don't know how it worked out for us. I already forget, but seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> um, so that would be, it's our holiday special number two from December of 2018. You would just scroll back and give a listen. And I think the same ideas apply. It's the same ideas apply. Yeah. So if you we mean, are rather like a broken record around here sometimes. I mean, if you okay. haven't noticed and you're still here, so we figured it's like working it. for somebody. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, happy May. And we will talk to you guys soon. Talk to you soon. The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Sarah, I have been having just the best time making my new podcast, The Teas Made. I launched back in November and so far I've covered topics like staying warm on cold winter walks, nurturing creativity, how to be a great host, and even Nordic secrets to loving winter. Well, you know I am fan number one of The Teas Made. It's got such a cozy vibe, and it seems like you've really hit your stride in covering topics like wellness, self-care, comforting rituals and routines, and home and family life. Just look for The Teas Made with Megan Francis wherever you get your podcasts, or head to theteasmade.com to find all the episodes.